every morning, every day, every night when I go to bed, I lay my head on the pillow and I just say, thank you again. And I will say thank you. And I will give the, the gratitude. Now, I heard something from one of my mentors here recently. And he said, uh, gratitude puts you at the door of success. And he said, servitude kicks that mother effort down. <laughs> and I was like, you nailed it. Yeah, you did. This can't be it. There has to be more. Wait, am I crazy? No. If you're yearning for more and working hard to make your dreams a reality, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Dreamcatchers. It's the only show committed to helping you self-actualize and then transcend, leaving you with the legacy you've always desired. Listen in on conversations with successful philanthropists, entrepreneurs, and founders every week as we connect with them for inspiration, education, and direction. Your host, Jerome Myers, is here to help you exit the matrix and transform into a leader of your own revolution. The question is, do you believe your dreams should be real? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I scoured the universe, scoured the planet, found this guy that was in South Carolina. Now he's in Kentucky. I don't know where he's going to be when this thing gets released. Amazing coach, built a company, done some amazing things in real estate with the Keller Williams organization. Adam Roach is in the building today. Adam, how are you? Whoa, I'm glad you said mine. I was looking for somebody else there, Jerome. That, that, was, a, that was a great intro, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> are, are you saying that what I offered to the audience wasn't accurate? Well, I, I love how you searched the entire, what did you say, maybe universe? And, and we, we came upon this right here. That's pretty big. That's really big. <laughs> I, I work pretty hard to get the right people in the podcast, man. And you're certainly one of those folks. And I appreciate that, I man. Think, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I think the people are going to understand why here in pretty short order. So, you know, I I talked a little bit about coaching. I talked a little bit about Keller Williams, but we're really going to unpack and dive into your story today so the folks can get to know you. So the place I like to go first and this will be actually be the first time I did this. So this is hot off the press, ladies and gentlemen, is the moment when you realize that you had to go do your own thing. I call this the red pill moment. Yeah, I love to take notes. So if you hear some delays, it's me writing that stuff down. I, I love to capture great questions. And that was a great big question with a lot of details that can come come after it. Um, so the question is, what was the moment? I decided to go out on my own. What was the red pill moment, right? Red pill moment. You know, it's, it's Jerome, that's that's a really big question. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you're ever on, on your own. You know, I really don't believe that I'm on my own right now. I have my own companies. I've had my co companies for, for many, 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 many years. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Though I don't ever feel like I've ever been alone. I've always been on the search for mentors. I've always been on the search for coaches. I've always been on the search for, for paths, so to speak. And I'll give you a fun example. So my, in my, my, my history, I was a tennis player and played tennis in college, went off and tried to play some professional tennis, found out real quick that I was an American, not a European, I was getting my butt kicked and I was out of that and that out of that vertical really quick. And then actually got into the tennis business and then got into the real estate business. Now, here's a fast thing. And so I'll pause that because I started buying Keller Williams franchises and 
as I was buying these franchises, I thought, I want a mentor. I want someone that has dominated their space. And while I didn't know many people inside of that organization just yet, man, I went to the library. I went to the library and I did some, some, some history searching. And I found that there was an individual by the name of John D. Rockefeller Sr., who not only dominated his space, we don't even know if he's still that, that, that the family is dominating the oil space yet, but I got my hands on a book called The Titan. And if you've ever seen the book, The Titan, it's about 700 pages. And I kid you not, Jerome, this is what I did. I wasn't a big reader back then. This is probably 25 years ago. And, and I was reading this book and I turned on music, Hans Zimmerman. Hans Zimmerman is a composer that does uh, like Batman or or uh, Interstellar or music like that. And I started listening to his music and reading this book. And I kid you not, I read that book six times. And then when to get on, and then I went and found as many other Rockefeller books that I could. And I realized what I was taking away from that was, it's okay to dominate, right? It's It's okay to be as big as you want to be and know that, and again, I'm a spiritual guy, that uh, you give it all up, right? You, you give it all up to the big man upstairs. And that's what I was reading in his book. So when did I ever decide to go out on my own? My own? I tell you what, if you ever find me alone, put, a, put, put, put me down, please, because I don't ever want to be alone. I always want to be learning uh, and growing from everyone around me, even though I'm an entrepreneur. Hmm. Way to twist it. This is interesting. <laughs> Because I think a lot of people feel like the road to the top is lonely. Mm -hmm. And in your answer, you, you humbly submitted to us that it shouldn't be. At least you don't want it to be for you. No, again, what, what does alone mean? If I am defining the word alone in Adam Roach terms, I'm, I'm in a corner all by myself with nothing to read, with no one to talk to, with, with no real capacity for communication, right? That's not true. We live in a world of massive forms of communication everywhere. Now, don't believe everything you see online. Don't believe everything you read in the Googles, right? Though, but you're never alone in the forms of communication. So yeah, no, there's, there's no such thing in our world of being alone anymore. So for the person that's out there, they're working in a franchise, they're have a nine to five type opportunity where that's how they're earning their living. And they want to go into business for themselves, true, full blown entrepreneurship. What, what do you suggest to them? Oh, they're contemplating this thing on a daily basis, the okay. risk of going to zero. Yeah. Okay. So gosh, there's so many analogies that we can put with this answer. Let's, let's just keep it simple and let's just answer the question. It starts with a V and ends with the word vision. You have to have vision, right? You have to have a vision. It doesn't mean you have to know what that vision is from A to B, but you got to be able to see it. Right? You got to be able to feel it. Right? I, was, I, was, I was in church and, and they were like, what, what is your calling? Do you have an understanding of what your calling is? Do you have... Uh, do you have a space where you feel that God is wanting to put you in and then you get to sprint? You have one of those spaces. And I thought, gosh, I absolutely do. You know, the I Love Coaching Company was born out of, and that's a whole nother conversation, just a born out of me wanting to surround myself with different who's, 
right? Different people that I wanted to be around. So I would challenge the entrepreneur, I'm sorry, I would challenge the W-2 listener right now to number one, audit the who's that are around them, right? Audit them. What does audit mean? Well, audit means do they align, right? If I'm on a coaching call with any of my clients, I take my hands and I put them together and I say, can you see both my hands? They're like, no, I only see one. It's like, great, because my hands are aligned. If they are not aligned with you in your vision, right? You see yourself, whatever you see yourself wanting to do, if they do not align, go get some new who's, right? Go get some new who's. So number one, I would tell the W2 person, create a vision right? Start by creating a vision. And if you don't know how to create a vision, it's, it's, it's not hard, right? What do you see in your mind's eye that you would rather be doing? Do you like to fish? Do you like to hunt? Do you like to, to draw? Do you like to create? What, what do you like to do? What wakes you up at 3, 3 a.m. and says, I'm so passionate about that. We live in an entrepreneurial world. We live in a world that anything truly is, without sounding cliche, possible. All right. And I tell my kids that are 14 and 12, if you can imagine it, we've heard this many different ways, you can make it happen. Right. So W2 person, here's what I'm going to challenge you with. Go write out a vision. And can you create a vision statement? Ooh, here we go. Jerome, this is fun. A vision statement, guys, looks something like this. Well, I'll give you a few examples. So when I took over a franchise of Keller Williams in South Carolina, it was a little dull. It was a little drab. It was a little boring. Right. And so I had a mentor come to me and they said, Adam, we, 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 what's your vision for the company? And so I could say the vision, but they said, what's your vision statement that's going to be your battle cry that people are going to get wrapped around? So, W2 people, I want you to hear this and I want you to write this down because this is super duper simple. To become blank, fill in the blank, by blank. Now, by doesn't mean a time, by means how, right? So, to become blank, by blank. So go back to that KW franchise. And so I said, great, I can do this. To become the most attractive and vibrant real estate office in all of Charleston, committed to a model of excellence. That was our vision statement. That was the vision statement. And I took my team, that was my staff, and I renamed the staff to vision team. So we were all sprinting to that vision statement that I had created to become the most attractive and vibrant real estate office in all of Charleston committed to a model of excellence. Every vision team meeting on Friday at 8.30 a.m., I started with three people. And when I, when I sold the company, we had 14 staff members, vision team members. Every Friday, one person had to repeat the vision statement and state what was the one action item they did to bring the statement to life faster. No judgment. What'd you do? So W-2 employees start with the vision statement to become blank by blank, and then go find your who's. Go find some people that align, put your hands together, that align with that vision that can either laugh at you and say that that is crazy because that's a good vision, or that say, I'm all on board. That's Jerry Maguire with the fish in his hand and says, who's with me, right? So I hope that answers your question. So get a vision. And then put yourself in an environment where that vision could flourish, basically, is the change in the people, right? Yes, yes. So folks get scared on the people piece because they don't want to be alone. Yes. They don't want to be alone, and their egos get in the way. (gasps) 
<gasps> he whispered, guys. He whispered. Don't say that you. word too loud. I don't have an ego. Yes, you do. You have a big ego. We all have egos and we are afraid to get them beat up from time to time. If you want to be out of a W-2, if you want to truly do something that is, well, you're in control of and you have the passion of, you got to put that ego in your back pocket, right? I had a coach tell me this one time and I literally think about it every single day. It's not about you and it starts with you, right? So it's not about you and it starts with you. And that it is whatever that vision is, right? Think about that. Whatever your vision is, you can bring it to reality if you find the right who's around you. Right? We created the I Love Coaching Company. Here's our vision statement. To empower coaches to change 100 million lives by using our real coaching model. And real stands for relevant, experiential, authentic learning. If you are the receiving end of that, if you're an I Love Coaching coach, it's relevant, experiential, authentic leadership. And that's what we do, right? So put your ego in your back pocket. You ain't a badass. Sorry for not letting cuss here. You're not, right? If, if, if you're not where you want to be, I'm going to challenge you right now. You are not a badass, right? A badass is going to get out there and take control of whatever he or she wants to do based on that vision. Are you scared? Great. That's where you should be. If you're not scared, you're not going to get uncomfortable. Oh, don't get me fired up, man. I can get, I can, I can go down this path for a long time. If you're not scared, you're not going to get uncomfortable. Did I hear that right? Yeah. If, if you're not scared, you're comfortable. Think about that. I've got nine team members right now that count on me to grow a company. Within three years, there will probably be 90, if not 900, that rely on a company to put food on the table, right? That's scary. That's scary shit right there. I've got nearly, whew, um, how many coaches we have? Uh, I think we're approaching almost 40 now. We've had six join us in the last week. And, right, I got to help them get clients. I got to help them get clients. These coaches aren't just moonlighting off their, their nine to five. These are full-blown coaches. And it's my job, based on my vision, to help them become a real coach. Relevant experiential authentic leadership or leader, right? And so I have to do that. I got to build these systems. This scares the shit out of me every single day. Um, here you go. I was just building yesterday, right? Just, just brain dumping. So, yeah, if it doesn't scare you, you're being lazy. So what gave you the courage to set up your own model, invite mm -hmm. other people in, and then keep going, right? Because, I mean, you're, you're being authentic here. You say, hey, this is scary. Right. That's a great scary. question. Courage. I, I don't find it courageous, right? I, I really don't. This isn't something that I feel I'm, I'm doing from the standpoint of, I, I really believe that we can create collaborative value for the masses, right? How do we how do we create coaching so that there's such an economy of scale that everyone can have a coach? Right? That's so I don't I don't feel that I, I have courage here. I feel that I have a vision that has been put into me on purpose. And I'm sprinting, right? I'm I'm, I'm going to knock down doors. I'm going to knock over. I'm going to knock over whoever gets in my way to impact a hundred million people, right? Because that's, that's just what I feel. My father was an Olympic swim coach and the impact that I saw that he had on so many people when he passed was, was transformative for me, right? People literally from all over the country flew in 
to be a part of his memorial service. And I had no idea the impact that this man had had just on the swimming deck, right? And that was it. He was by himself, right? So he didn't have a team around him. He didn't build a company around him. He just literally loved coaching in the swimming space. And I got to see that firsthand, but that was dad to me, right? That, that, was, that was my dad. And then when he passed and had all these people show up and the impact that he had had on these people, and we're talking about people that, that probably would have been on the street, they said, right? He didn't, have, he didn't pick them up and throw them in the pool. Right? These were people that literally had dreams of being Olympians, and he's the one who pushed them based on workouts. And, and I had this guy um, show me a tape, right? So there's a stroke in um, swimming called breaststroke, and you go up and down out of the water right? You go up and down out of the water. And he had recorded my dad's voice saying, go, go, go. Cause that's what he heard during his, that's what he heard during his, his, his meet, if you will, or, or his race, go under the water, come back up, go under the water, come back up. And he, he brought it with me, this old school cassette in, a, in an old school recorder, he had flown from the state of Washington to come to the funeral to show that to me. So the point is, is that is this courage? No, this isn't courage, right? This is this is really about a vision that was instilled in me, I think, from a long time ago to impact people. And now I get to go find those same people that have a passion, desire for impact. And I'm just building the framework around them so they can have a bigger, a bigger impact on more people. So it's calling. Yes. Now, now you're talking. Calling. It's mission work. This is mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. So this is ministry for you. Okay. <laughs> Where? I sound preachy. I apologize, but you're right. It no, is. No. There's, there's no reason to apologize. When you're convicted, mm -hmm. then you can move in a way in a, at a pace Mm -hmm. that most people won't ever be able to comprehend because you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. it, your word choice was really interesting. You said this was put on me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me more about that. The put on me. Yeah. So again, I'm a, I'm a big who based individual. If you're looking at my vision board right now, my word of this past year for 2022 was who, right? Was, was who, who, who are going to be the ones that, I get to surround myself with to impact others. So I'll give you an example. My dad always taught me to sit at the front of the room of any class that I ever went to and be sure that I connect with those that connect with me. And he was mostly talking about the educators, right? And so I had the fortunate opportunity to have a coach back in 2010 who had entered into the John Maxwell organization. And she shared with me a few of the books. And so I was, I was, hooked from the moment that I saw the word leadership. And, and it was at that moment in time, I thought, you know what, I, I need to meet this individual, Mr. John Maxwell. And so my coach said, hey, listen, he's doing a certification program. You, you need to go to it. Now, at that time, I didn't have much money. And it was $5,000 to get to this event down in Boca Raton, Florida. And, and I didn't know how to do it. I had no idea. I wasn't a credit or a, a debt-based person, but I put it on a credit card. So I put it on a credit card. Now, here was this was this was the starting point of this calling. Is I sat down in this room, there was only 500 people in this room and I was at a table of 10 and I was one of three Americans at that table because Mr. John Maxwell's reach reached around the globe. The other people at my table were European, 
they were South American, they were Scandinavian. This man had a reach. Okay, so fast forward now from 2010 until 2000, gosh, let's go uh, 16. And I got the fortunate opportunity to be a part of what was called John Maxwell Exchange. And the exchange was his event, annual event, where only a handful of people, let me rephrase that, probably about 100 people got to go to this event. And so I got invited to go to this event via a friend of mine. And the exchange word was just that. You exchange help, right? You exchange who you are and meet people. That's the goal. And in an intermission, John said, this is business. And John's a former minister. And he said, uh, if, if anybody wants to have a conversation with me with their walk with Christ or with a new walk with, with the Lord, come up and, and introduce yourself. So I thought to myself, gosh, here's my chance. Though I don't want to be inauthentic and lie that I'm not having a new walk with Christ. So I made a commitment right then and there that I'm going to go introduce myself to John and I'm going to reinvent my spell space. I'm going to reinvent myself in the space of religion. So I went out and introduced myself to John. And here's what he said. He said, Adam Roach, pleasure to meet you. And he said, I would love to have a conversation with you. Not right now. So give me your phone number and I'll reach out to you. And I thought, I've been to many of these events. I've been to so many of these things where guys say that. No big deal. Not at all. I'm going to share something here. Now, I know for our listeners, uh, if they're listening, uh, I, I don't know if, what they can see, if it's on YouTube or whatever, but I want to share with you. So John calls me. Now, I didn't have his number saved in my phone, and I don't answer phone numbers that 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 come in. So, so this is, let me turn this up here. I'm just going to play this real quick. Hey, Adam, John Maxwell here. I'm sorry I missed you. I'm in Birmingham getting ready to speak to a bunch of leaders. Uh, anyway, I'll try to get back to you here in the next few days. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk about that religious transition. So anyway, sorry I missed you, buddy. Take care. So, so here I am, this idiot that didn't answer John Maxwell's phone call. And of course, I saved that to this day. And uh, it was one of those moments in time that I was like, yep, there it is. This is my calling. John called me back. I have to, I'm going to commit to making an impact and I'm going to commit to my world of religion. And since then, this is this is the word impact and 100 million has been in my head. Right. I've always been taught that you have to appeal to the masses if you want to have a big splash on this planet. And that's that's the goal that we're getting to. So Yeah, it's it's been put on me. So has it all gone smooth since you're walking in purpose and in your calling? <laughs> or were there two or three challenges that would be worth sharing with the listeners? Um, every day is a challenge, right? Every day is a challenge, though, again, without sounding cliche, it's not stopping me, right? Sure. You want some challenges? Systems, right? The right who's, the right coach, the right people, the right places, the right models. Yeah, there's always a challenge. So what, right? That's that's a learning lesson. That's a full-blown learning lesson. Money, money, gosh, you got to have money to build businesses. Yeah, you do have to have money. Yeah, you do have to get to a place where you've got nine people to, to put food on their table. Yeah, you got, you got, you got almost 50 coaches. Yeah, you got to help them make money. It's, but it doesn't matter, right? Literally to me, it doesn't matter. 
I have no fear of money. I have no fear of those types of things. I don't wake up in fear. I literally wake up in a space of, here's what I do in the morning. Um, so every day at five o'clock, I get up and I put both feet on the ground, one and the other. And I literally walk to the bathroom and I say, thank you all the way there. Thank, and then you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I've been doing that for years, right? And then I go out and I exercise. I don't look at my phone. I don't do anything. I go out and I exercise. And this is what I do. It's usually dark outside when I take off. I usually go for, uh, not usually, I do walk for 30 minutes every day. I go outside and I take six deep breaths in through my nose, out through my nose. I'm walking, right? Six deep breaths. I'll do this in the rain. I live in South Carolina, so it doesn't snow. Praise the Lord. And uh, so I get wet from time to time, but it doesn't matter. That's my that's my time, okay? And then from there, I then go into devotion, right? So I am on day, let me tell you right now with the Bible app, uh, and it's, this really doesn't matter, but I'm on day 258 straight of devotions for this year. So I haven't missed a day this year. Today is day 258, by the way, of, of this year. And I haven't missed a day. So I read my devotion. I read it out loud while I'm walking, okay? And then I go for my walk. And I go for my walk and I don't look at anything else on my phone. Oh, I take that back. I do look at my aura ring, right? Because I track my sleep because I, I need to ensure that I'm prepared for the day mentally and, and, and uh, physically. And then from there, I walk to my gym. And so I go work out at the gym probably about 35, 40 minutes. I've got a routine that I follow. Uh, it's an app called Fit Him, which works for me. And then I walk home. And, and that's my morning, right? So my I don't drink coffee. My morning... If there is any fear or any doubts or any scaredness, goes right away, right? It doesn't matter because my routine is so set that it's gone, right? I'm a fresh new day, fresh new legs, fresh new mind, fresh new six breaths, right? Let's go. Let's get after it. That's it. You're on the adventure, man. I, I love <laughs> this, right? I, I I absolutely love this. And so yeah. should I take it? based on what you've told us so far to believe that you didn't have a rock bottom or a rock top that forced you to make the change. Most people don't do it proactively. There's usually there's this inflection I've point. Had, no, that no, happens no. That... Yeah. No, I've, I've had rock bottoms. Don't get me wrong. I can give some of them examples though. When I, when I started this journey, I was not on rock bottom, right? I was, I was literally on, on the opposite side of that. I was at the top. Right. I, I was at the top of of my Keller Williams world. I owned three franchises. I was a coach inside of the organization. I had developed a software called Recruiting Bridge, was, which was is a recruiting software uh, that we've white labeled called Exceed now. And so on top of the world is what it felt like. And then my father passed. And so that wasn't, again, my rock bottom, but sure, that was painful. This was my coach, right? This is my man. This is my, this is my world. He died of uh, complications from Parkinson's. And though that was such a wake up moment, right? And I grieved, I grieved really hard with that. I got, he, he was, he lived in Indiana, came back, uh, did the whole service and those types of things and came back. And I literally drove my, I got a, um, I got a beach chair. And I took my journal, I had my Bible app on my phone, and I had a speaker and water. I took water with me and, uh, and a towel. And I got to the beach and I laid it all out and I sat there. I, I think I probably got there like at eight o'clock in the morning and sunscreen, of course, <laughs> and sat there and wrote, read, and cried, wrote, read, and cried, wrote, read, and cried. I left at about 6.30 p.m. 
And I got to see the sun do these types of things, right? I got a full rack of ribs from a place called uh, Home Team Barbecue, smashed the entire thing. Man, I was out in a food coma and uh, went to sleep, right? I went to sleep. So that, that was my grieving day. And that was, um, that was a moment in time, though. And I'm going to tell you what I pulled from the journaling. I pulled from the journaling that I got to spend the last four months with my father, and I took pictures, I recorded, I'd ask him questions, I have the video on, and I still have it all on my phone. And that was probably one of the most powerful four months of my life because it helped me see that the word who matters, right? The word who matters. And so I, I got to audit my world. I got to audit the who's in my life. And Jerome, I said, they ain't my who's. These are not my who's. So I went into all my investor meetings, basically, and I just simply said, it's going to be an easy conversation. Uh, I own the majority of these companies. I don't want to be in business with any of you. It's not personal. Hey, you're just not my who's. So you're going to buy me out or I'm going to buy you out. And they all decided to buy me out, which is fine. And it was great. It wasn't an ego play for me. It was I was not attached to the outcome. And uh, away I went. And it was a beautiful, a beautiful thing that I was able to do that and then find this vision for the I Love Coaching Company. And it was actually born from the software world, right? So we had the recruiting bridge and exceed. I saw them struggling. I saw our end users struggling because the software wasn't broken. They just couldn't recruit very well. And I was one of KW's top recruiters for years. And so I got in and I said, listen, I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to coach you. They said, great. And so we started that. And then I had other friends come to me. And they said, hey, listen, we see you're coaching. Can we come on board with you? And I said, what do you want to coach? And so we don't want to coach recruiting. We want to coach real estate or we want to coach mortgage or we want to coach life. It's like, great. I'm going to create a company. It's called the I Love Coaching Company. We all love coaching. And we're going to expand this across every industry, right? We're going to expand it across every industry. So now we're in the health, wealth, and relationship spaces of the, what we call the, the wheel of life or the whole life millionaire is what we create inside of our clients. and. But it was that moment, right? So that wasn't necessarily a down moment. It was a painful moment for me when my father passed. And though I had a, a release that was so powerful that put me on this path today. And, and um, gosh, I think about him every day, though, right? Every day I think about my dad. And I mean, when I'm doing my walks, I'll talk to him, right? I'll, I'll have conversations with him. There's certain music that's in my, uh, my, my, my phone that will bring me to tears because it was some music that we listened to together. So it's, it's more motivation for me, right? That was, a, that was a down moment. That was a painful moment, though it's, it's, it's a motivation because now, now I have a goal real quick and then I'll stop talking. He died at 69. And so now health is so important to me that my goal is to, well, I'd love to double his age though I intend to live to be 103 just so I can actually beat him at something, <laughs> right? So that's, that's the story. A lot of people want to unlock their ultimate potential but lack the strategy, support, and stamina necessary to achieve their major goals. They often try to overcome these challenges by trying to do it on their own, causing frustration, fatigue, and eventually failure. We have developed a model for a center life, AKA the red pill, to help them bolster their beliefs, gain clarity on their path to success, and provide accountability as they take action on their goals. When they take the red pill, they rapidly accelerate attainment of their goals and begin to experience a life of significance and impact. Wanna find out more? Hop over to JeromeMyers.co. Now, let's get back to the episode. 
it's this amazing one. And I, the tool that you use though, so you called it a grieving day. Mm -hmm. You talked about writing, which forces you to reflect. And you talked about crying, which lets the emotion out. And then you talked about the ribs. And I feel <laughs> like there was one more thing that was in there. Can, can we talk about the tools and where they came from? Because I feel like most people don't have the tools to grieve. Yeah. So they end up with some pretty unhealthy approaches. And maybe a rib-induced food coma isn't <laughs> healthy, but I think there are some other things that people do that right. probably are a whole lot worse than that. <laughs> well, again, that was because I hadn't eaten all day, and I was not intending to fast, but I pretty much fasted all day outside of water. You know, journaling's been in my world for a long time. Uh, as, as I've mentioned, I'm, I'm a big reader. And there was a great book I read called Inner Size. And Inner Size, um, gosh, I can't think of the author's name or the writer's name right now. But if you think about it, it's, it's the same thing as exercise, but it's inner, right? Let's, let's go mentally. And he said something in that book that really had an impact on me about releasing Right. He gives this example in a book. He says, imagine driving down the road. You see a tree. You see the yellow lines, the white lines. You see other cars. And that comes into you. Right. That, that comes into our brain. We have to process it. Though if we don't need it, we release it. Right. So, so I mean, even taking the walk as an example, I see trees. I see birds. I see dogs. I see the water. I see the ocean. I see all that stuff. I don't need it, though. And I release it. And what he said in the book that was so profound to me was we have to release everything, everything. You, whatever you bring in, you have to release, right? You have to have, we all have a unique bandwidth, right? We have a bandwidth that, that will either drive us to create habits that are positive or drive us to create habits that are, that, that are not positive, right? So we have a bandwidth. So I'll go on the positive side of what you need to release first. So for example, we all know someone that was the high school quarterback that had a great game or the state championship, maybe won it at the last second on a Hail Mary, something like that, whatever. And they're 55 years old right now, and they're still telling that story. That man has not released that positive event. And that has taken up bandwidth, right? That has taken up part of his bandwidth. Let's go on the opposite side. My father, my father, I had to release that painful bandwidth absorbing space. So the journaling has always been, not always, the journaling has been something that I've been doing for 20 years. And, and I don't even remember where it was brought to me by. Maybe, I think it maybe Jim Rohn, something that I listened to with Jim Rohn. And then I, I bought a Jim Rohn how-to journal uh, uh, CD back in the day. And, and I still have, I have all my journals. I keep, I, I, I start a new journal every single year. And one thing that I do that I absolutely love. And then Maxwell added another thing on top of that is uh, towards the end of the year, uh, I'll read the entire journal, right? I'll reflect. I'll reflect on everything that I release, both positive, negative, whatever I was tracking at that moment in time, I'll get to see it all. And then John said, do one more thing on top of that. He says, you need to go into your pictures and take a, take, 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 take just the year, right? 2022, Audit your pictures and see which ones had an impact on you and what was the learning lesson at that moment and write it out. So 
the releasing of both positive and negative is so important so that you can start your day. Now, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm not saying I do this extremely well and I, I don't hold grudges, but if I get mad, boy, I need to have a conversation with somebody to release that anger, right? Or on the flip side, if I get so proud of you, I'm, I'm going to give you a big old hug and I had to release that. Though the releasing component through a journaling, in my opinion, is one of the easiest things to do, both positive and negative for your bandwidth space. So where that took me immediately was you have to be willing to give up who you are for mm. who you are to become. It's mm. good. And I think so many people are attached to who they are and what they've been doing mm -hmm. that they are never going to have the space, the bandwidth, as you called it, in order to become That's right. a new person. That's so true. Mm -hmm. And this goes hand in hand with the conversation around the environment and the people, right? right? You're holding on to people who are not conducive to the future, then you'll continue to replicate the present. Very true. For the person who's a hoarder, I'll label them a hoarder, what do you say to them? What counsel do you give them? I mean, you, you've basically said, you tuck it back, but you said, this has always been me. I'm, I'm comfortable releasing things. Yes. But for the person who's a hoarder, they've created this space where they just, ha they hold on to everything, right? right? They don't let anything go. What, what can you offer to them as somebody who's on the other side of that? Yeah. So there's a couple of things that I always coach to, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're uh, you know, even W2 is we have to think in terms of questions, right? Because there's a model, there's a, there's a coaching model called the story model. The story model, I want everyone to hear this because this you can see this happen all the time. 12 o'clock, something happens. Two o'clock, we react. Four o'clock, we create judgment. And at six o'clock, we create a story, okay? Now, with that, if you're in the space of being able to be aware of that and see it, you can reframe that side of the dial, so to speak, right? And you can reframe it through questions, right? So think in terms of questions. Now let's go to the other side of the dial on the left-hand side. At eight o'clock, you're gonna seek evidence. And at 10 o'clock, there's gonna be a new future or a new outcome. Now, if you can see that, then we draw an infinity symbol from 12 o'clock to six o'clock because something always happens and a story is always created. So the hoarders, here's what I would ask them. What specifically is important to you about holding on to that story or that story or that experience? Now, and then give me an answer, Jerome. And this is what I would say back to him. What else? They give another answer. I say, what else? They give the third, I give a third answer. Now I call this the three amigos. And they would say, they'd give me another answer. And I'd say, is there anything else? And they'd say, no, that's about it. I said, good, good. Now, what we have to do is when we're at that moment in time, you don't get to judge, right? We don't get to judge what they're saying. We don't get to, we don't get to do anything. Our job as leaders, in my opinion, is to think we have this water bottle, right? So Jerome, we got someone that is holding on to all these experiences and thoughts or these emotions. And it's, it's, this is, this is your capacity, right? This water bottle is your capacity. And if that person was sitting in front of me, this is what I would say. I'd take them through those questions and I'd ask them the three amigos so I could empty this water bottle, right? So the water bottle would become empty and they would have now more room, 
right? They can have more room to grow and experiences, but the ones that are holding on to something, I'm going to ask them what specifically is important to them about those experiences and ask them, when was the last time you grew? Right? When was the last time you got filled up with something that allowed you to actually take action and move? So that's what I'd say. And in that answer, they will find the inspiration to do something different. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe not. Or maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know what they would find. And that's the beauty of the whole scenario is they might not find, might not find anything. That's cool. So guess what? We get to ask more questions. Tell me about that time. Really? Tell me more. Empty that water bottle. They don't, they, you don't have to tell them about the water bottle analogy, though that's what our job is, right? Our job, in my opinion, as coaches and leaders is to empty the water bottles to move people forward. All right. So uh, we breeze by this. I'm, I'm going to circle you back now. You, you talked about walking into the office. Hey, I don't want to be in business with any of you guys. So one or two things are going to happen. Right. So did you have the money to buy them out if they said we want you to buy us out? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> not even, not even remotely close. Though I would have figured it out, right? I mean, I, here's what I probably would have done. I probably would have gotten new partners, right? Yeah. So the reason uh, that part was the joke, the, yeah. the confidence is the piece that I really want to harp on of mm. being able to go in with conviction, knowing mm. that this is the outcome, this ends, and there is a price tag associated with it for one of us. Right. How do we do this? Mm-hmm. But I'm certain of what I want the outcome to be. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Like, because most people would be terrified because the first place they go and the reason why they can is always money. Right. Yep. Okay. When here's you where detach. Yep. When you Very detach simple. from that time. Time, 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 time. My dad was 69. He was 69 years young. He only found out he had Parkinson's because he was training for a freaking triathlon. His times were getting slower and his left foot was dragging and he had no ideas why. So he went to the doctor and the doctor said, hey, your left foot's dragging because you have Parkinson's. You have Parkinson's. And so when he passed at 69, I did the math. I did the math in my head. I was 43 years, let's say 40, 42 years old. I was 42 years old. I did the math drill and I thought, that's not a long life left for me if I follow in his footsteps. So I'm going to take control of this. I'm going to take control of my who's. I'm going to take control of the time that I have left because I inherited those partners when I bought those companies. And it was no need anymore. Right? There's no need. There was no need. So I knew that I only had a certain finite time left to make an impact. I think I was making an impact in that world. It wasn't the right who's though. It's funny because there's so many people to stay in messed up marriages and you know this is a business and do the people really make that much of a difference? Oh well that's that's subjective, right? In my opinion that's subjective. For me is yes. For me, it was is is yes, right? My who's matter, right? And I really intend and intentionally, purposefully surround myself with the right who's based on the visions that I have, based on the goals that I have, based on, listen, I will hire as many coaches that I need to to keep building me, right? 
Uh, I got married uh, oh, just a little, about, about a month ago, second time. And pre-marriage, I went and hired a relationship coach for me, only for me, right? For me. And then, of course, Dana came into the mix, though I hired it. I hired him, Dr. Kelly Flanagan. Y'all need to go look him up. He's the best. He's going to be at our summit this year. He coached me up. And here's what he said. He says, wow, Adam. He says, um, I get to coach the coach of the coaches. And I said, well, here's Dr. Flanagan. Here's the thing. Yes, the answer is yes, because you are the expert in this space of relationships. I need to be coached up in this space. So to answer your question, whose matter? Yes, in my world, solely in my world. I love yeah. everybody else's world, but it's it's none of my business, right? Everybody else's world is none of my business. So I'm not going to say that y'all need different who's. It's none of my business who you surround yourself with. As it relates to me, yeah, I'm going to pick and choose my who. It's funny because I, I think environment will eat vision for lunch right people talk about culture eating strategy for lunch right. i think environment will eat your vision for lunch it will you will sink down to the lowest common denominator okay. every single time and if you don't have people who are pushing inspiring growing i don't know how you can expect to flourish in that space because you're going to be the weirdo who's trying to do the thing you don't have any support <laughs> and your willpower certainly isn't enough to overcome the environment, no. even if you are crazy enough to have a vision bigger than the environment. Oh man, there's so many places I want to go, Adam. You, you give me all these different tentacles I could run down, but let's go here. Cause I think you, you talked about this already, but let's see if we can nail it down a little bit more. What dream are you most focused on catching next? Oh, great call. Great, great question. Is there a specific vertical you want me to go down or? No. All right, so number Which, one. The one, the one dream that you're most focused on catching it because there's compartments, right? And yeah, I'm working on this over here, over here, but eventually those get stacked as well, right? Because it's life. It all comes together. You know what? The, the easy answer for me is continuing to be uh, you know, a servant to God, right? That, that's that's the easy answer that I will go with every morning, every day, every night when I go to bed, I lay my head on the pillow and I just say, thank you again. And I will say thank you. And I will give the, the gratitude. Now I heard something from one of my mentors here recently. And he said, uh, gratitude puts you at the door of success. And he said, servitude kicks that mother effort down. <laughs> And I was like, you nailed it. Yeah, you did. So being a servant to everyone and anyone that I can, my friend, is, is where I literally put as much emphasis as I can to serve, right? To serve and to give and to create. Uh, and, and if I was to point that in a direction, it is to my kids and to my family, right? If, they're, if, they're, if I could prioritize, which I can, my, my direction of serving it goes God and then my family and my 14 and 12 year old children are, are my world, right? They, they, they are my, they are my everything. And my wife, Dana is, is, I mean, we're all, we're all right there together. So my goal for them is, is to literally put them on the path of success and they get to define what path that is right now. They're both in tennis academies uh, in, in Charleston, South Carolina. And so there, there is nothing that I wouldn't do for them. Now, don't get me wrong. I stay dad and I get to be coached, not of tennis because I do help them in the tennis space, but I, I coach them up a lot, right? I coach them up with preparing them to be the best 
serving adults that they can be. No pun intended with tennis there, but these best serving adults that they can be. And it's amazing watching their growth. It's amazing watching them fail. It's amazing setting them up for both success and failure. That that's man, that that's that's my jam. That is totally my jam is watching those kids grow. So that's that's it in a nutshell, man. That's 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 my big a big hairy audacious goal is how many people can I serve at the highest level knowing that that's what God's putting me here for. The clarity around that makes it, it gives me certainty that it'll happen. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I think when it's convoluted and complicated, the, the likelihood of getting there shrinks dramatically and the simpler you can make it, the more concise you can make these things, the, mm -hmm. the higher, likelihood of success. And so the final question, the one I ask everybody is, uh, what's the one thing you want the listeners to take away from this episode? Oh, great question. I don't know. I don't know. Go back, go back and listen to it again. You y'all pull out one thing that you want to take away. I'm not going to tell you one thing. Just, just be real, right? Look in the mirror and love that person. I don't care what color, shape, size, ethnicity, it doesn't matter love yourself and love that person in the mirror. And if you don't like what you see, change it, right? Change it, take the path to change something. And if you don't know how to change it, go surround yourself with other people that can help you change whatever that is, right? Get a coach, get as many coaches as you can. Get coached up, find mentors, find leaders, find people that challenge you. Go get some accountability. For the love of sake, go get some accountability. If it doesn't scare you, you're not in the right accountability group right? Get some accountability in your world, though. Take away from this. Love that person in the mirror because we have a finite time here. And again, I'm not going to get all, 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 all sappy with you all, but we, you do. You have a finite time here. And if you love what you're doing right now and you love that person in the mirror, congratulations, virtual high five here. You're on the right path. And if you're not, go to ilovecoachingco.com. You hit me up and we will get you on the right path with the right coach to make sure that you are moving in the right direction. Hell, come to our summit. Right, come to our summit. I love coaching summit 2022.com. The speakers that we will have there, we will have 12 different unique speakers in different walks of life. And what I mean by that is whole life millionaires is what we are building in our summit in Charleston, South Carolina. I rented out an entire baseball stadium in South Carolina for this event, and I will hit a home run. Yes, pun intended, because we're just gonna we'll sell it out, and there's 12 speakers. And they're all in different walks of life. So go check it out. I love coaching summit 2022 register. If you want me to give your people a discount code, I'm, I'm happy to do that. It's only $397 uh, for the two days. So, I mean, it, that's pretty dirt cheap if you ask me. Um, and you'll walk away with a whole life plan, but you will walk away with health, wealth, and relationship plans uh, from this event. So this is a listening and learning event. And then the second part of the, uh, the, the, the latter part of the second day is all planning. So we will have coaches on hand. They'll be walking you through and a facilitator of uh, what's called EOS, Entrepreneur Operating Systems, will be teaching you how to plan for 2023 to become a whole life millionaire. Wow. Guys, go grab tickets, man. Go grab tickets. Charleston's beautiful in the fall. So this Come will on. be a great opportunity. Adam, thank you so much for being so generous with your time, man. This was awesome. I took plenty of stuff away. I'm sure the listeners will as well. And until the next time, to the listener, your dreams should be real. We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.